<laughs> oh my goodness, what happened what in the, the hallway? Fuck? I have no idea where that odor came from. Uh, hello, the internet, and welcome to season 187, episode one of the Daily Zeitgeist. It's a production of iHeartRadio, and it's the podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, June 1st. Man, it's already June 2021. My name is Miles Gray, a.k.a. Fuck you can't even sing. Ooh, baby, I like the Graw. Yeah, baby, I like the Graw. Ooh, baby, I like the Graw. Yeah, baby, I like the Graw. Chuggy, chuggy, yeah, chuggy, yeah, I'm chuggy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can chug it away. Off on a natural chug bon voyage. Yeah, from the home of the Dodgers chug squad. Okay, there it was. That shout out to my boy Ian for hitting. Out of nowhere, my friend hits you with an AKA. Squad. Yes, in the key of old dirty bastard. Thank you so much for that. Without further ado, let me just get to the main event here. The guest co-host and the guest. Because without them, it's just some dude who's just rambling on about his friend's text message threats. So first, (laughs) allow me to introduce our honorable co-host for today. The one, I don't even have to give any fucking introductions anymore. It's Jamie Loftus. Oh, A-K-A. Well, my name is Jamie Loftus. A frequent podcast guest am I, but I host the Daily Zeitgeist with Miles from time to time. If I could get rich hosting a feminist podcast of my own, I'd probably buy the LA Kings and ride on the Zamboni. That was, I think it was one of my favorites of all time. That, that, they, yeah. That's, from Chilton Bloomstone, which is a very rich sounding name. At I'm sorry, Bloomstone. that's a name? Chilton Bloomstone of oh, the Boston Bloomstone. Of course, of yeah. course. Chilton Bloomstone, the fourth, actually, uh, if you remember. <laughs> Thank you, Chilton Bloomstone. Name. Thank you, Chilty. And we must go on. We must introduce our guest today, someone yes. who. We always love around these parts. Someone who you always love around these parts. Because I can tell by the posts and likes and interactions when you see this person's face when we post about them being on this show. I want to introduce our guest today. The wonderful, the talented, my fellow Bruin, who will leave you in emotional ruin. It is Blair Saki. What's up, Daily Zeitgeist? (laughs) What up, Blair? It's your fucking boy, Blair, back (laughs) to fucking hang with my pals. I'm yet to do an AKA. I'd really have to dig deep to be vulnerable in that way because if I could have the skills to execute, Mm. but maybe one day it's going to happen. Oh, I see. So you- It's going to happen. You adopt the like OC surfer affect as like your shield for your AKA. Oh my if, God. If I'm just parse oh oh my that. God, Miles. Jesus. Searing. <laughs> so searing was, to my yeah, soul. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I think Blair could do an AKA as herself. Yeah. Yeah, oh, thank you, Jamie. Thank you. No, very I'm just much. curious. I'm, I was just exploring that. I saw that there was some hesitation through the, the Huntington Beach bad boy. Okay, know, look, first of all, as a, a former resident of Orange County, I dispel. I am not associated with Huntington Beach in any way, (laughs) and I want everyone out there nationally to know that. I do not accept Huntington Beach as my own. Right. I mean, is that because of just the cool Tito Ortiz and all the people of Huntington Beach uh, and how they get down? 
Yeah, I think it has something to do with uh, all the genius rhetoric uh, that's coming out of there <laughs> lately. And all yeah. the very likable and safe, sound-minded people from Are you, there. What, uh, what part of OC did you grow up in? Samuel Capistrano and San Clemente. Oh, yeah. wow. Very I south. Think- Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. About 35 minutes south of Huntington Beach, many miles away. (laughs) I've always thought of Huntington Beach as a great exchange of ideas. It's a real... (laughs) Yeah. The Paris Commune, if you will. A lot of free, gorgeous, kind thinking uh, comes out of there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. So I'm thinking that the world may not be ready for, honestly. Yeah, I don't think they are. And you know what? It's yeah. it's it's fine. And just you can y'all can just chill down there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get into what we're going to talk about. Obviously, we're going to get to know you even better, Blair. But let's talk about, you know, just a quick preview of what we're going to divulge or discuss today. First up, a little bit of good news because uh, big oil, the fossil fuel earth fuckers, they're starting <laughs> to take L's kind of. Oh, and it, wow. I mean, it feels insignificant, but when you actually think about it, you're like, oh, this is actually significant. So we'll have a little bit of good news on that front. Then we're going to talk about, you know, the vaccine incentives seem to be working. The Vaximillion thing in Ohio, they had their first winner. I guess these incentives are working to the point where now Republicans are introducing bills to stop vaccine incentives because they're evil. Um, Okay. Uh, And then we'll talk a little bit about a new development in Instagram likes and sort of what came out of the research from Instagram saying, like, do we need likes? Do people need likes? Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Uh, So we'll get into that. And also just talk about, you know, just a little bit of the origins of Cruella DeVille, which I did not really understand or know about. Wow. Our fabulous writer, JM, has given us a piece of that and says, you know what? Yeah, you know, they they were doing Cruella pretty dirty. So, you know, maybe this movie can be a good chance to create a a human being who isn't just a depiction of a woman in a car that's dangerous. I've been Um, saying for years I should be allowed to kill dogs. And it's not (laughs) feminist to say that I shouldn't be doing that. Ooh, okay. Okay, we're going to get into that. Uh, But first, Blair... Hit us with something from your search history that, you know, reveals a little bit about you. (laughs) Okay, so I clicked on my Google search and the first things that came up were black tourmaline crystal. And then the second was, what has Post Malone been up to lately? (laughs) What's the Um, answer to that question? I don't know. Like, what I love about Post Malone is that he's constantly just like trying new things you know he's very unbound by any sort of uh convention or genre like you know he did that um the whole nirvana thing and he's always in crocs or like weird brand partnerships yeah. he just um beats to his own drum and i love that about him yeah he's a big dallas cowboys fan too like that's a huge part of his brand he's always i feel like the last thing i saw him in was like the most ridiculous dallas cowboys suit yeah, what I love about um, him is he's just like a melting pot of like so many things that you would never know could go together. Right, right. Hmm. He contains multitudes. He sure I, does. Yeah. With like all the brand collaborations, I feel like like Jamie, that's even something you I could see you being like, yo, Jamie's got this. She has a crock, a donut, uh, uh like a whole like set of gas station sushi. Uh, like I feel like a lot of different dope. <laughs> That's collabs. the dream. Now, there's an untapped market. Is Brand, celeb yeah. gas station sushi? <laughs> celeb gas station sushi. I feel like it's yeah. Someone's got to step it up. I would love to get on the ground floor of that because the branding on gas station sushi. I mean, they have a branding issue. It's yeah. not a product issue. Yeah, I've they, never gotten sick. 
what they it's a trust barrier they have to overcome and who better than a podcaster journalist <laughs> like fantastic creator that you know to you maybe you don't know but i'm telling you the people at 76 you're gonna want her face on these sushi packages people are gonna be running for it's them true. jamie i want to i want to pl- pledge my future movie star dollars to your Gas station sushi right now. Absolutely. I think you could turn this wow. around for everyone. Thank this you a, so much. So you're pledging your fortune right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, some I I like to consume sushi. And if it was a okay. on the go option that I trusted from Jamie Loftus, absolutely. I'm putting it down <laughs> the gullet. It's a solid movie star investment to make. It's like when uh, Mickey Rooney invested in circular hot dogs once. <laughs> and Are you serious? I was like, oh, that's. Yeah, he tried to make circle hot dogs happen. He also tried to make soda for dogs happen. Wait, hold uh, on. So he, Cir- he was... like a like you take a Frank and just make it like a halo, like hamburger, like hamburger <laughs> by a or you mush a it hot dog? into a patty. You kind of it's kind of like it's like a, a really skinny meat donut is how I would describe what he was trying to do. Guess... It was like in the eighties, and he yeah. was just like, "What if a so you can put it on a hamburger bun?" I think was the but idea. But then the middle part is all like ain't nothing Empty. in the middle empty Mm-mm, it didn't the business didn't work that. and soda an for dogs guy. soda for dogs was another failed business venture of mickey rooney's i forget why i know this but he had a lot of fun businesses that that just totally ate shit soda I for mean, dogs sounds like it could be a good idea but it apparently lovers here aren't we I just want to make sure I'm on the same page. We're all pet well, I did just say that it should be legal for me to kill dogs, but that's fine. And that doesn't mean I you don't love you've them. Been you're merely dogs for years. Yeah, you're, and you're merely just posing a question to what it means to be able to or not able to do something. But we all yeah. are do- dog lovers here, right? I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Oh yeah. Okay. So have you ever thought like? Oh, I want my dog to know this because that this dog soda thing sounds like a thing where you like. You think you know what a dog wants and you're like, dogs, man, they want the soda. And I feel like they need it. I anyone felt wonder, like this with, a, with an item I, for a dog? I've never wanted to. I've wanted to give people things to Sunny, but soda's not one of the things. No. I felt like sad that dogs can't have chocolate. It's like I've, <laughs> I have felt like actual sadness about that before, like just walking oh, around. Sure like on the street and be like, damn, they can really never have that, you know? Yeah. But I guess we don't, we, our egoic mind thinks we know what's best, but really we have Mm -hmm. to give these dogs the dignity of their own experience. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's true. The the insight. Yeah. That, cause chocolate is even like one of those things when people are like, I don't like chocolate. I'm like, really? Like you dislike it? I get if you're not saying it's your favorite thing when people are like, oh, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, get, I feel yeah. my heart. It feels heavy. like when people say like, I don't really like music. And it's like, yeah. how is that even like, what are you talking about? Any music? That makes okay. no sense. Zeit gang, I know we have a broad coalition of listeners. If you are one of these people who says, I don't really like music. Can you explain what that means to me? Like you, you're like, please turn that off. I don't like it. Because I know some people are just ambivalent towards music. They're like. Yeah, I don't they care like if it's don't on. They keep up with stuff or whatever. Right. But That's like, different, though. Don't yeah. you think? I th- yeah. I think, honestly, those people that say they just don't like music as like a whole when there's, I mean, maybe one million different types of strains and genres, it's really sort of a lack of right. vulnerability issue. In, <laughs> in my opinion, they're unwilling to open up to something that could really deeply move them. Yeah. Right. They maybe haven't heard Post Malone yet. I agree with oh. you. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. A good idea. Okay. So uh, let's move on. Uh, Blair, what's something that you think is overrated? Okay, overrated, out the gate. I'm going to have to go us and tell you guys, I have a really uh, visceral reaction to when people use the word epic. <laughs> Probably because I am from Orange County. And so, like, for me, it is when you, like, sort of like when you drank too much tequila when I, in high school. So you can now never have Jose Cuervo again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the the word <laughs> epic just makes me sort of shiver, quiver in my bones. It run it runs a little chill down my spine, you know. Wow, totally. And what like is there any? Is it in that sense you go? Oh, it was fucking epic, bruh. Yeah, I reject the uh, the ironic reclaiming of epic too. I have no interest in the the reclaiming of epic and random in the year twenty twenty one. What are you seeing? How are you seeing the use of epic? Like, I'm I'm more narrow in my experience with that word, and it's always been like bro vernacular. Yeah, you know what? It gives off a strong um, senior copywriter, like very confident um, guy (laughs) who works at like a a a marketing agency vibe. You know, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, it was. Uh, we had an epic weekend, like out on the water, and it, <laughs> it was epic." Anyway, Blair, thanks for covering for me and working all weekend, man. Because honestly, <laughs> if you saw the fucking pics, dude, Rod fucking did a backflip off his sea dude and landed that shit, dude. It was fucking e p i c. Yeah, it's, it's like a word used to describe in a weekend where boys get really hurt. <laughs> they yeah. like some yeah. word got injured. It, yeah, there's nothing. There's probably crimes committed when someone's saying it was epic. It's I not must like, acknowledge like the general hypocrisy of me, you know, having an aversion to that uh, word when that sort of is the whole um, vibe in which I talk. But, you know, I, the word itself, I, yeah. I really don't like that much. Yeah, yeah. But your your energy transcends what we could ever, you know, pin to some kind of word or way of speaking. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that. Thank you it's so true. much. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. true. That's we only have transcendent guests on here. That's just <laughs> <laughs> OK. And finally, Blair, what is something that you think is underrated? OK, guys, I just got to be straight up with you. Chip clips are incredible okay you will not catch my cereal getting stale no fucking way thank (laughs) you god for this sophisticated ass invention that just brings joy and laser execution into my life chip clips are the silent subtle assassin of adding (laughs) overwhelming value while asking for little to no recognition chip clips are the Scotty Pippen of household <laughs> kitchenware. She's on fire! What the f- Yes. Yes. Wait, cereal. That this. totally... I've. Is it... Am I like fucked up for not realizing that yeah, that I've never... I've never sealed the cereal outside of like the box. That's no. brilliant. One day I just was walking by in the store and it was like a little thing sticking out in the aisle, you know, and I just grabbed like a whole like a um, it had like a whole bunch of them on one thing. And from that day on, the amount of just my life improved skyrocketed. And it's like I'm putting those chip clips on on frozen this and chips and cereal. And it's just incredible. It really is. (laughs) Like which is it the ones that you 
it's like the straight bar. So it's like a hair clip one or the one that's more like a binder clip. Because, you know, there's there's different chip bag clipping technologies. There are different ones. I think of the second one is kind of like elegant, where I was like, oh, this is it's that kind of it's a binder clip. Like the binder where you just pinch it on. Yeah, okay. mine is yeah. actually not like a binder one. It's more um, fastened like a, a clothespin, but just um, really sleek plastic. And wow, it works really good. Yeah, I remember <sighs> as a kid, I think because this the frequency at which I would eat cereal, it wasn't really time for it to get stale, you know, because like. It would probably be like a box of cereal would probably be done within a week or so. Oh. And then I remember like going to kids' houses and like, you know, like their parents had like the shit in like the Tupperware and like they would pour oh, it yeah. out of like a tub. And I would always be like, y'all are fucking dumb. You don't even know what cereal that is. <laughs> you fucking know what the box on it. Y'all are fucking stupid. And then I'm like, yeah, that shit is way fresher. How am I supposed to know what that is if there's not a cartoon? I know, what? but that just shows you by the child brain at the time. You're like, man, this ain't Cocoa Crisp. Can't can't tell without the robbers on it i like the taste of stale food and so sometimes i'll like not clip the chips and then it creates household issues because oh isaac will be like you're a little mouse like why are you doing this why are the chips like soft but i kind of like when the chips are soft wow so you like a you you're not you're down with a little bit of stale chip huh in, in fact, I, you I love it. i love a stale chip in a flat soda i don't know what like i should I, sh- I should just walk into the ocean i need Some to love people myself are just natural contrarians yeah you know it's true <laughs> it's true I mean, if anyone prefers a stale chip let me know because it truly like doesn't bother me at all i, I enjoy it mm. i wonder Man, that could be an interesting. That's like your uh, circular hot dogs is like pre-staled chips by Jamie. <laughs> just, well, like, yeah, I'll just sell bags of chips that I already opened, had three chips <laughs> from, and then put back in a cabinet for three weeks. Touch a stale from Jamie Loftus. The, <laughs> just the a chip. touch. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this thing though too, where I know people who put their chips in the refrigerator, and I don't understand, like clipped and in the refrigerator. Well, that that sort of makes that sort of innovative. My mom taught me to keep my coffee in the refrigerator, which was something I never considered. The beans? Whoa. The ground beans. I don't really fuck with a whole bean myself, but. Oh, you mm -hmm. get the pre ground. Yeah. I mean, I don't have that much time or ambition for that many steps in my (laughs) coffee (laughs) process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I usually just drink it out of a can. That's how uh, much energy I put into it. But also, shout out to uh, Sam over at Timeless Coffee. Always sends me wonderful coffee uh, that good Her Majesty's beans? drinks. Oh, my. <laughs> the beans are, like, so good. Guy? I feel like I'm not worthy of good coffee because I'm just so used to drinking, like, Kirkland cold brew. But, like, when you actually get all these notes, you're like, oh, shit. I feel like I'm an ad executive who just said he had an epic weekend or something. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that's the truth. All right. Anyway, um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk stories. And we're back. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some good news for the Earth, because it was kind of a rough week. If you're in the fossil fuel Earth desecration business. RuPaul. Yeah. Oh Tough my. Tough week for RuPaul and the fracking. Oh, frack. Oh my God. My frack favorite a, oil you baron. Stay. Wait, is RuPaul a fracker? Sorry. And yeah, RuPaul invested in and it. And his husband are notorious frackers. I think that came out at like the beginning of the pandemic where like everyone found out that RuPaul was 
fracking, but then we kind of had bigger fish to fry. But RuPaul, notorious fracker. March 21st is when it came out. God. And then rumors, what's this, the timeline of this is ridiculous. Rumors came out in August 28th of 2020. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's after the fact. Man, I'm so oh, okay. bad with numbers right now. I, I still think it's 2020 sometimes. Okay. <laughs> but yes, in this instance, just let's just check in with ExxonMobil. Okay. Heard of them? Probably. They're one of the worst polluters on the planet. An epic polluter. Epic. Dude, that's where they're, you know, that shareholders meeting is just a, a few dudes who are, you know, waiting to just say how epic the fucking, the, the profits are. But, yeah, the Enron annual fishing trip. I fucking love that weekend. Favorite week of the epic. year. Dude, so sick, dude. We threw like spent plutonium rods into this lake to see what it would do to the fish. And it was Tipped trippy. oil looking. into the ocean. Use it as a fucking slip inside, my dude. <laughs> so at ExxonMobil, like a group of rogue shareholders were able to install two independent directors to their board of directors. Like this was a massive campaign because for the whole time, a lot of these shareholders... They're like, uh, you know, just we own a lot of stock in this company. And just as a matter of a business practice, we think ignoring climate change is a terrible strategy because there's like things like people's retirement and pension funds wrapped up in it. Like they're trying to be like responsible. Like if we're going to be putting money in this, it has to last. So there was this entire campaign to essentially get like when these uh, elections were happening get this massive groundswell of support behind uh, two of these new directors on their 12-person board. And this is like, again, it sounds like, okay, well, it's fucking two verse 10. But yeah. this is the first time there's ever been like people who are there to be like, I completely disagree with everything you're saying. And I'm also on this board. Like it was all, it was either done, you know, light touch or whatever, but never to this extent. So, you know, right. a little bit of discomfort for them. That's, I mean, that's generally positive. It's so, I mean, this is all so fucking bleak in general where they're like, wait a second, <laughs> we need the earth to last a little longer if we're going to continue money. to profit off the earth. So uh. I guess we can't blow everything up. So like, yeah. let's slow. I, I, I mean, I guess that this was going to have to ev happen eventually, but <laughs> I don't know. This is the other ridiculous thing. The amount of money spent before this, these votes were tabulated was mm. like a full on like millions of dollars were spent just to change the makeup of the board of directors to get two people who are less inclined to shit on the earth for more money. Like, for more money, yeah. It's yeah. like they'll they'll make that money back in 45 seconds. Oh, it my God. It got to the point where like ExxonMobil, they declared a recess in the middle of like the like the meeting because they were like, oh, fuck, man. I don't know if we got like enough votes for the people we want. And they were trying to like stop the vote. Again, and I think that's a sign to show how fucked up and ghoulish all of this stuff is, like the inner workings that it even costs millions to sway people to make more millions by abandoning right. a practice that is like just extracting minerals from the earth that are finite rather than, you know, right. what about unlimited? It doesn't even seem energy. like a good business <laughs> decision. I don't know. I mean, my assumption, I don't know anything about the the board of ExxonMobil, but my assumption is they're all old as shit and don't care what happens in 20 years because they will have died. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, the age makeup, yeah. what what that looks like. And then Chevron, they also had something, they had a little bit of a, a the shareholders smack their little greedy hands back. 61% uh, 
cast their support to get behind a proposal asking Chevron to cut its greenhouse gas emissions. They're like, look, I don't know, like whatever you said is happening, like it's not good enough for us. And they're like, well, we could do this. And, and, and we said we're doing this. And they're like, no, no, you've, you've been you've been just dragging your feet too long. So here it is. Please do this from all the way down from your operations to supply chains. This has to come down significantly. So, again, I don't know. Seems like people, I guess the greedy, you know, people who are even have these shares and are willing to do this. They're even realizing their, I guess, money's at risk. So shout out to oil companies in the 11th hour, <laughs> realizing the earth needs to exist to make money on earth. Yeah. Really incredible work, you guys. I mean, what do you think? There's there's so many things when you read about climate change, like it just becomes so disheartening because like the last thing I read was like satellites have been grossly underestimating the heating <laughs> of the earth. I'm like, oh, my God. No, what? really? Yeah, like they're these like really fucking apocalyptic headlines, and it I don't it's it's truly one of like the the multiple absurdities that we have happening concurrently in like global society where we're like we're just like setting ourselves on fire. Sometimes I just can't go on Twitter because there's like at Mm. least one tweet a day where someone's like, "Ah, good luck enjoying your day when the earth's going to be on fire in four (laughs) years. And I swear to God, that's like seriously just like what Twitter is like distilled down to me for today. I'm like, do I want to go on there and see that? Because it does feel like they're. a consideration for climate change feels like something that people are just now thinking about like. In the last few years. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. critically and seriously. I wonder if it's like because like there's this thing where like the old people who have been in charge of like a lot of these corporations, like they're hearing maybe like their their own grandkids like, hey, I don't know if you do you do you nah, whatever. Just cut is is there money on my credit card? All right, bye. <laughs> I don't know. Like if they're seeing more pressure, because I remember when I went to Alaska a few years ago, I was like I visited a glacier and there was like this whole thing about being like look how significant this glacier was and how it's receded over the years and there was this older couple who were there like the the woman was like oh my god it's so horrible and her husband was like you believe in this stuff and she's like bill it's melting like bill. it's it's what do you mean like we're bill seeing melting. it yeah bill, wake like, the fuck up <laughs> and, no, and he was like i don't know and she's like but think about our grandkids he's like i don't know it's like i don't really have time for that and like they just kept going and i was like wow what a moment to just wow. see, like, I guess, yeah, everyone has their own indifference for things like that or can't fathom what their future is going to look like. So, well, in it. general, it's easier to not think of or not feel feelings <laughs> than <laughs> to feel the weight and truth of the feelings in your soul. Yeah. Bill's just like, not, not for me. Nope. But Bill, it's it's melting. It the way it was Bill said, melting. Like I don't believe in that. Was like it's ice cube melting though, Bill. Uh no, no, no. Too many things <laughs> I've already. Like, we'll see. We'll see how it bears out. Oh, you want me to compartmentalize to more? The end of the planet today. <laughs> Come I on do, now, I... our beer tastings in forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree, Blair. That like, yeah, logging into Twitter every day is like it kind of becomes the like remember you will die zone just like full-on memento mori anytime you're like oh i just was hoping to see a couple of little jokes i just oh, i wanted yeah. a couple little jokes this morning but you're right i will die and 
<laughs> and sometimes I feel guilt. And I mean, I know this is a shadow aspect of myself, but I feel guilt for posting a joke when I'll see 20 tweets about like the all the crisis of today. And I and then I forget like, oh, great. Now I've come on to a place where I feel guilt of being myself and what I feel my purpose to spread in the world is, which is jokes and laughter, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, it's a very bizarre place to exist. Yeah. For sure. And uh, but I think that's just sort of like the surreal and fucked up nature of like social media is like when you're like there are these things where people contribute their words to it begins to just look as like your e- existence is sort of distilled to whatever is posted there. Uh, when it's like, oh, man, right. you saw how sad I was in person, guys. You would not be <laughs> right. following me. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. I started, I started, I don't do it on Twitter, but on my Instagram, I used to be like, I don't want to write like sincere stuff on there. And now I like write sincere stuff all the time. And sometimes yeah. I have that thought in my head where it's like, oh, like that, like comedians who are like earnest. Oh my God. And then I'm like, Fuck you. I give you yeah. guys so yeah. many jokes and stuff. I can be sincere and my real, true, sensitive soul whenever I want. But you're reminding me that I'm not being vulnerable with myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I feel guilty. There. Epic fail of a post. <laughs> <laughs> Your Instagram is is such good vibes, Blair. Yeah. I love it. <gasps> That's it so really sweet. Is. Thank you. Thank it's you, Jamie. Space. Oh, yeah. my God. I would say to all people, you know, we're again, we're facing omni crises all over and many different turns. Um, unfortunately, like apathy around climate change is is the is the thing that is probably the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. But at the same level, it's like I think it's about figuring out how I think, you know, whether it's more people can't just symbolically do shit anymore. And we need like real answers, real regulation. Uh, and as much as they want to be like, well, are your fucking light bulbs twisty? And are your straws paper? I'm like, hey, asshole, I don't generate the fucking power. Right. Oh, my God. When that, like, the straw thing came out, it was hard for me to accept because I love a straw. But also I was just like, okay, great. The straws. But why aren't we getting rid of Dodge Rams? You know? <laughs> right. Hey, hey, like- hey, hey, shh. First things first. Hey, this uh, lady's got some plastic straws over here. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) Someone drives past you and a Hummer is like, excuse me, that straw is... Slams the brakes. (laughs) Hold on. Is that a plastic straw? Yeah, it's Uh, like I I am concerned about the turtles and it's like, good, I I want the turtles to live, but like we do also have to reckon with humankind as well. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, speaking of uh, reckoning with humankind... I just want to talk about vaccine incentives. Mm-hmm. It's been, you know, just all the rage. You know, we know in Ohio, they're doing Vaximillion, where, you know, a few people could, if you're vaccinated, you are eligible to win a huge million dollar cash prize. And last week they picked their first winner. And it was 22-year-old Abby Boginski from Cincinnati, who- A when, 22-year-old got yes, a million dollars? Yes. She was on her way to buy a used car when she got the call from the governor to be like, hey, you won. She's like, are you fucking, what is this joke, dude? I got to go buy a used car. And they're like, no, 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 seriously, seriously. Like, you you won the Vaximillion thing. She says she doesn't know how she plans to spend the money, but some will be donated and some will go to the new car she's been wanting and the rest will probably be invested. 
So, oh my god, what a level-headed, happy. incredible young woman! I was kind of like, yeah, truly. what a sensible, I, I, what a sensible gal. Or she knows how to just say the right thing. She's like, yeah, somebody right. donated uh, to my baller fund, and then the rest will go to my new asthma, sick ass Mercedes. I'm gonna pull up in. But yeah, she won, and now many other states have realized. Yes, the thing that America does in American culture, like we incentivize shit to get people to do things. That's like how everything's built. You're like, well, yeah, what do I get? Yeah, what do I get? So because of that, California is going to be doing uh, something where they're oh, we got like over 116 million for certain incentives. I don't know mm-hmm. what that's going to turn out to be. There's the governor of West Virginia. He did a thing with like his little dog who's like this bulldog. And he's like, look at look at little baby dog. How are you going to say no to my dog? And it's just like this grumpy <laughs> looking bulldog. <laughs> and they're doing things. They know how to incentivize shit over there. Cash prizes, college scholarships. And 10 pickup trucks. Okay. <laughs> so everybody's got their version now. I feel like that's, I mean, there's a bleak way of looking at it, but it's also like, I don't know. I mean, we, we should have been paid to fucking stay home last year. I feel like a lot of the reason that people are so right. like would, would be down to get vaccinated for a chance at a million dollars is because of all these other failures. So right. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. Vaccine lottery. Let's go. Do what you got to. I mean, look, they, as the yeah. numbers stall out and they're like, ah, there's, you know, who knows what else is going to come around the the bend in terms of variants and things like that. They're like, we want to be able to get some semblance of normalcy back. Obviously, never the same, but right. some sense. It's like, well, no one's been incentivized to deal with the pandemic very well, like by the government, at least. I don't know. No, it, right. It exactly. Me, yeah. Because if everything was, hey, we get it. We had to shut businesses down. Therefore, we're stopping your bills because how the fuck could you pay them if you're not working? We're not animals or months. Oh, wait, no, we are. So you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to face a huge okay. bill in about two years. Good fucking luck. I love the idea of like one of these like uh, QAnon people that's like, no, not my, no way. I'm not getting the vaccine. And then he's like, wait a minute. A pickup truck? <laughs> okay, count me in. Yeah. I'm getting me a new truck. Forget everything I said. Because I think for a lot of people, it's just like a, a take that you're on a side of. Or you're just sort of uninformed. So some people might be like, at the end of the day, you're like, my weird, like, own the libs ideology isn't as great as my passion for a Dodge Ram. Yeah, I like, own the libs, but give me these truck nuts. Yeah. Oh, God. Wait. Truck nuts if you get vaccinated? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay, I'll take the prick shot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, it all depends because some people, they want money. Some people want trucks. Some people want hugs. But at the end of the day, what we do know is the anti-vax crowd is very angry about this because the legislators over there have introduced a fucking bill that is like the they're like, you can't make anyone get a vaccine. You can't even say the word vaccine. You can't even like ask someone to get one. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? So let me just read a description. The legislation would ban vaccine requirements on customers, employees, or students from businesses, hospitals, nursing homes, K-12 schools, colleges, daycares, or others. It would also prevent governments, insurers, or businesses from offering incentives for people to get vaccinated or even requesting that people get vaccinated. Under the bill, a small business owned by asthmatics or cancer survivors, both of whom are at higher risk of serious COVID-19 complications, would have no legal right to require or even request that employees or customers who come inside be vaccinated. You know, people love to, if you have a business, I thought you can tell everybody, you could do what you please. But I guess, 
this is very, I guess, logical. Because sometimes you hear anti-vax people say, well, it's about personal choice, too. Right. But like to then completely vilify the vaccine, that isn't going to work. That's not that's I don't I'm not I'm not sure what that outcome you're looking for is aside from just being like, stop it. The, the People are that, agreeing with this. Right. That logic is so interesting, though. And like, I do understand that it's I've I know I've heard a lot of people say that it's about the idea of being forced and the loss of freedom. Sure. But I mean, like, what about like all of those vaccines that we all had to get to go to school when we were three or four? Like, what about those you know, well, I those... never had them and I never take flu shots and I, I never get sick. So because that's right, a right. other ideology, too, which is I, main character syndrome, where you think every single person has the same immune system you do. And maybe because you've not met people who've had complications. We've had guests on this show who have dealt with covid complications in the past, like, you know, candidly. And we're like, oh, God, that's awful. It's not the same for anyone. And to have that like singular mindset is so awful. Meanwhile, there are millions of people dying all over the world. And if you look at even just generally, right, I think as Americans, people don't realize the benefit of the decades of your genetics being like having an American infrastructure behind it, what that does for your health outcomes over the years, because it's very clear in America, the people who don't have easy access to healthcare, especially people of color, their health outcomes are much different than people who've grown up generationally, you know, middle class or just in just out of poverty. Um, and to think that that would apply to other places is like totally absurd and takes for granted, like the process to which you even become something here. Yeah. And on top of that, like the dissonance of people saying like, oh, well, I didn't get vaccinated and I never got like the mumps. And it's like, well, yeah, because everyone around you got fucking vaccinated. You Like, what are you talking but, about? But I thought we had to get those like yeah. for school. Yeah. Like all no, those most measles do, but and mumps vaccines. Yeah. And there's a thing that always make me cry. And I remember Dr. Carter, he would always give me a lollipop that he would. I remember this as a kid. He would take the thing off for me and then give it to me. And I was like, I wanted to eat this at home. And now you oh. give me an unwrapped lollipop. And <laughs> that's that's wow. Up, and I'm that's crying. Gross. What a loss of your freedoms. Yeah. And that's why I'm anti-vax. Yeah. That wow. makes sense. I just, the only reason I got vaccinated was so I can go to the Laker game. Philosophically, though, you know, right. y'all know where I stand. <laughs> and for the free truck nuts. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about Cruella and Instagram. Okay, let's, uh, we're back. Sorry, I didn't mean to just say, okay, uh, we are back just to okay. let you know. Okay. You don't need okay, to apologize, okay. Miles. We're okay. back. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry for apologizing. I appreciate oh, the apology. Sorry. Apology sorry, accepted. Sorry for saying sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in 2019, I don't know if everyone remembers. Remember, there's like the discussion of like, does should Instagram have likes? Do we need yeah. likes? Are yeah. likes poison? Are they poisoning everyone's minds? And like, what are we going to do about it? Well, the, for the last two years, Instagram has been doing, I guess, a lot of research and testing to figure out like what the best outcome is. And it's a little anticlimactic. This is from a post that they just put out. It says, quote, what we heard from people and experts was that not seeing like counts was beneficial for some and annoying to others, particularly because people use the like counts to get a sense of what's trending or popular. So we're going to give you the choice, meaning as a user, if you for you, it's better to be like, yo, I don't give a fuck. And I don't actually I'll be more free if I can just post and not be tethered to like this idea of a numerical like count 
based on what I've submitted to the earth from my own brain and soul, you can turn the light counts off. And then for others, if you if you just have to know and you got to know what's popular, you can keep them on. But it turns out like when this was announced, it was super polarizing, like from people really being like us talking about it. Yeah, I thought yeah. I think I would I will probably turn it off. I mean, I haven't posted to my grid in like a year or something, but I, I probably would do that because I've always just had I think my relationship to social media is like morphed in a weird way over time where I'm like, let's like, uh, I feel like we've been hearing rumors about the likes disappearing for the past five years. I've never seen it happen or I don't know if it's something that's still coming, this mythological thing that would happen. I have now adopted probably in my geriatric age, the idea, (laughs) the very, very clear idea that Instagram and social media is so bad for our mental health and our hearts and our souls. And, you know, after watching that movie, The Social Dilemma that everyone, you know, talks about the idea Mm -hmm. of like children getting because like kids get Instagram at like 10 and shit now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, their sort of value and currency is so visually measured at a tender age where everyone is so ugly and uncomfortable and like just feeling so already that way and to have it just I don't know I think it's really sad it made me really sad and worried for kids that like even more than it already is in that developmental stage that it's like all our value is outsourced and not coming from inside ourselves. It really worries me deeply. Well, this is the thing. So there have been in the last few years, a lot of research has gone into this, mm-hmm. like a lot, because they, again, I think everyone was on some level being like, yeah, I know I feel this doesn't feel good all the time. Yeah. But it turns out there was a just at the first they did a 30 year study of teenagers and technology to just sort of see like what this intersection of smartphones, social networks and changes in mental health were. And there's another one, too, in The New York Times that was just looking at what the effect is on the you know mental health of children when they're interacting with these things. And they found that there isn't it doesn't move the needle that much. Like there's a lot more factors that affect that going into it than the social media itself. Now, they're not saying relax. It's <laughs> right. fine. They're like, it's a it is a spectrum of results, but it's they said through their research, very hard to pinpoint, like, say, oh, yeah, there's the connection right there. And I think it's because, yeah, I think I just don't have... think that's true. I think okay. just I just don't think that's true. And I would be very curious to see, like, for whoever's outcome that was determined by whose results those were because it's just so clear like if you just talk to anyone on earth and say okay how do you feel when it you go on instagram and then when you get off do you feel better having looked at it no almost everyone would say like no i don't feel great after even if it's very low level you know what i mean there's some so, i mean i think that's the truth to be honest that's your truth you know what I mean? Yeah, Everybody it is my there. truth. It is. My I truth. think. Yeah. I also think there is something too to environment because poor kids don't have smartphones, and yeah. their outcomes are different too. Like based on what your envi- emotional, socioeconomic environment is like when you're a kid too, has a lot of an effect on like how you navigate life. But yeah, I do. But I definitely agree with you, Blair. That on some level, 
there is like some slight debt. I don't know. And I think maybe this is, this could be generational or just because we look at the world in similar ways that like, it does have an effect on like, it did, I feels like a slight deficit sometimes uh, on like on some level. Well, it's also yeah. always just a thing about even inadvertently without realizing it unconsciously work in a almost steady uh, ceaseless state of consuming instead of being in our own like a uh, singular energy like it's i don't know i find it i find it alarming yeah but i think that's why i think people have over the years you've especially on this show we hear constantly how everyone says social media is overrated with some connection to it being like it doesn't do it like it used to I used to be so annoyed when I would see tweets or like by people uh, like shitting on social media. I would be like, just get off it then. But then and now, after, especially after seeing that that movie, it, it really scared me for young girls and like that 200 or percent increase in suicides or something like that really freaked me out. And also, I think all those um, filters for faces are really scary for young kids. Like we're all just morphing into like homogenized like instagram face it's it's scary i think now that i've bummed out everyone <laughs> yeah I, I i don't really know i mean I, I i agree with you blair that especially with body image stuff it is so like pervasive in a way that feels like well there's like how could you possibly deny that you know where it's it's whatever it's, it's the the monkey's paw of like the the connectivity to the world is so much bigger but the ways to like target people younger and younger is uh bigger i don't i mean but but then it's like i guess for this decision as far as this instagram decision goes it makes sense to me that you could turn it on or off where i feel like for so many of us un, like i'm i'm glad these studies are being done but for for so many of us unfortunately i think the damage is kind of done and like some of us are going to be able to improve our relationship towards social media but like most people who grew up online like it just doesn't maybe this is a bummer too but it's like i honestly don't think that my relationship with social media is going to get much better for as no. as long as i have the career that i do and i like can't not be on it I don't see it improving and so it's like yeah it would be nice to shut off likes every once in a while but also it's like I'll probably turn them back on I mm -hmm. it's you know I, for I feel like generationally there's been a lot of damage and what I would hope is that there are like options and, re and restrictions put on social media that can prevent damage like that for kids who are like growing up online in inevitably right now and then i feel yeah like millennials and gen z it's it's like we were kind of raised in the wild west of social media and i feel like we'll just continue to see the effects of that as time goes on but honestly like if all of social media changed overnight in a way that is like oh this is going to be so much healthier for you i feel like i would panic like i don't know what i would do <laughs> i like it is so it's like whatever you know you i like i guess my first social media platform was like myspace and I remember like counting comments on my profile pictures when I was like 11 or 12 years old. Mm. And like, that's just how you that's and, and, it, and it starts with kids younger and younger. And I, I don't know, there's no easy solution for it. Cause... No. And I think I think that's what's interesting about this function is like 
rather than trying to, as a platform, determine what's best, they can just say, look, look, dude, you, you can, there are options here to like have an experience the way you want it. Or if you get really turned up on seeing the numbers next to the thing, then go ahead, like knock yourself out. Yeah. To everyone's point, I think everyone on some level has been examining their own relationships to social media and like what that does for them themselves and what that might mean for like uh, reinforcing a sense of identity or feeling good about what you do. And then you just figure out, well, maybe I don't need it. Maybe. And yeah. I think to your point, Blair, like we live off of these fucking screens, man. Like we don't live on Twitter. We don't live on Instagram. I know some people do or think that everything that happens there is their life. But realizing like to be in your own physical body and like, you know, ex enjoying that and finding a way to pivot off of that, I think has been for me personally, a fantastic thing. You know, like I could ride a bike and shit. Uh, through the, yeah, through some trees yeah, and I've take really a walk. Yeah, I've really gone deep into trying to dive back into my body, uh, especially in quarantine. I really did renegotiate my entire relationship to social media, and you know that's always an ongoing process. But like, I think in the beginning of quarantine, I took my first two week break in like eight years or something, and it was like my brain completely just like like, like regenerated. <laughs> it was just yeah. like it felt like it was like gasp like when you come up from underwater it was like getting air for the yeah. first time and um now what i do is i basically only use it from my laptop and i um delete it from my phones the re the for the during the day yeah. and unless i have to repost something then i am forced to download the app but that has been how many times have you downloaded me. and deleted redownloaded because oh my i do it every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it yeah you're just like well fuck it all right it's just one small barrier though for me yeah. to take back some of my goddamn freedom because i'm always <laughs> you know we do it unconsciously it's like I, I realize like half the time that i'm looking at it it's just like um some habit it's not like i consciously thought hmm you know what i'd really like to do right now have a look at instagram you know right. it was just an unconscious action mm. Yeah, it is such like a individual journey of like navigating like how is this going to be able to like how am I going to have a life outside of this and what are I don't know. Because I know people it's who love it and aren't like they to me seem completely free of the ills of social media. And I'm like, huh? How are you? Are you lying? They could be lying. Yeah, <laughs> they could be. But, you know, sometimes you can tell when someone's like low key, like spooky and sad underneath it all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I wasn't a comedian, I would delete it today. I would delete it today, babes. I would be gone, disappeared. You'd never see me again. <laughs> but you're more than a comedian, Blair. You know, let's say for I wouldn't. I, that's it. Like, I wouldn't delete. I don't know. I feel like there are some ways where it's like social media has like fucked my brain up irrevocably. And then other ways where I'm like, there are ways that I communicate better through those channels or like talk to yeah. people. I feel like more cogently or like whatever talk to people you'd never be able to meet or talk i don't know it's so it's so tricky and then i also feel like there is this pressure to like perform having a better relationship with social media than you actually do <laughs> like i know that like right. anytime someone's like whatever posting to instagram about how they're not going to be on instagram as much and then i'm just like i think you're lying like i don't know it's it's so that's what i, I think know. that's why it's so fucked up is because it it's this way where you think you can read like People can now see who you are and derive from that like a truth. And then you're even questioning, like, is this performative? Is it not? Because, I, and I think that's what sort of like 
the thing, the the sort of momentum of questioning her inner monologue that happens. And I'm like, oh, my God, OK, like I was just wanted to look at a picture. And now I'm like, is this person like, fuck? well, we shit? I mean, yeah. the truth is, though, even <laughs> we like download ideas of what is acceptable and unacceptable through our mirror neurons. Like that's our first access point in like through our retina. So it's like, I mean these things do have a big impact on us with subconsciously without us even realizing it. Like when I see, this is just a small example, but when I see women posting pictures like with their cellulite and stuff, like I'm like, that is fucking cool. It seems like a really small thing, but they're doing it deliberately. And I'm like, Oh, that makes me feel more comfortable with myself. than when I'm following only airbrushed models, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or just, I mean, that's just one example of like many, many, many different facets of it. But it is a weird, very weird yeah. thing. Well, because I think that's yeah. the version, like the insidious part is like the manicured version of life that is unattainable and really not close to reality. And then people who want to like sort of shift the paradigm and be like, things should need to be more honest, like r- rather than fantasy town. Because it's those are the people I'm drawn to. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Okay, let's talk about somebody from the Disneyverse. Uh, someone who, I don't know, I just thought was somebody with a cool haircut and wild behind the wheel. But Cruella DeVille, the Cruella film, uh, came out over the weekend. And yeah, people seem to be enjoying it. It's not getting like, you know, panned or anything. And it's uh, it's an interesting moment because I think on some level, I was like, oh, they're doing more origin stories. But you know, JM, our writer, sort of went down of how this evolution of Cruella DeVille went down. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe this humanized version is something useful considering how, you know, Disney has a, a habit of being like, oh, my God, evil lady or coded gay evil guy. What are we going to do? Yeah. So this keeps a, uh, an opportunity for them to possibly do something. Now, I haven't seen the film, but I do. Uh, we do know what has happened before. So no spoilers. You know, this is a spoiler free discussion of the Cruella film. <laughs> so. A, f- a couple of things popped up to JM was that first, I think, and this is true for a lot of kids that like, even though Cruella seems like what, why would what, like do are people really remembering Cruella DeVille like to be its own character? There is a thing, though, that like kids are attracted to the villains like we like like when you're young, there's something interesting or you're like, oh, like there's something more energizing when the villain comes on. They always have the best songs, too. <laughs> That's true, actually. Huh? Straight up. The villain songs are always the best one. Who's, who's your favorite villain song? You also need polarity to make the good guy good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's something I think about like that sort of like fuck you sense of power that a supervillain has or something. That's like, yeah, cool. Like, I bet they could eat cookie crisp out the <laughs> fucking box without problems. The second thing, interesting. And Jamie, I know you're loving this. The director? Well, I who's, know. Who, who's directing Cruella, Jamie? Uh, Mr. Gillespie himself, the director of I, Tanya, a.k.a. my favorite movie ever. And uh, that's why I was like, damn, I I really am going to go see Cruella, aren't I? Because I have to support Mr. I, Tanya's work. (laughs) And, you know, seems like this could be a a, a similar story, you know, on some level. And that guy, Paul Walter Hauser, who played... The, what's his name? Sean, what's his name? And I, Tanya, he's, he plays one of the goons in Cruella. Okay. okay. There's a, the I, Tanya universe is really at play it's in Disney. Cruella. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited for this movie. I can't wait to see it. 
Blair, what did you did you like Cruella Deville as a kid? Like when the animated the animation or the animated <laughs> version came up? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I loved all those Disney movies. I was actually just like remarking about this the other day on how actually like dark and sinister a lot of those like murderous plot lines were. Like when you think of mm-hmm. Bambi, you're like, holy shit, this is like the heaviest <laughs> plot that line to put in off. the psyche of a yeah. child like you could ever see but i i also i'm like yeah these are <laughs> badass stories i like yeah. Cruella. <laughs> honestly i'm i'm not lying i saw bambi fucking once yeah okay we had that the vhs and that soft ass case you know back mm-hmm. in the day and the disney movies all came in that padded case because i guess like we kids were the injuring on. themselves yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i remember yo the second the mom got capped i was in tears, shattered. Mm-hmm. And like, I made my mom turn it off. And that was it. I couldn't even go past that. I was like, I'm off this mom. Like, I think I for the, I think for a lot of children, like especially our generation, that was, that moment was the first moment of realizing like, oh, I Parental be- mortality. Well, that and the Lion King. Yeah. Were like. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Lion King was, I, there's, my friends who have kids, like I heard, I, I was like catching up with with friends from home the other day, and they were like try, talking about like, oh, when are you going to be comfortable showing your kid The Lion King because of like the whole Mufasa thing? Where I was like, oh, my parents didn't think fucking twice. They're just like, yeah, life is short. Watch <laughs> it. Now but I buy used costumes sense. from roller rinks. Right, right. So I think <laughs> I turned out fine. I think so. I mean, there. did you stop at the moment you saw it? Because I think there's version. I, for whatever reason, the Bambi thing, I, I, I could not go on as a. Ch- sure. I just could not go on. But I think maybe because Bambi was my first Disney-based trauma. Uh, when I saw Lion King, I was a little bit older and had already like had like family members pass away and had dealt with something that I was like, that's sad. But I didn't. Maybe it didn't hit me as hard. The other thing is. This whole thing with Cruella DeVille, it's a derivative work from a book uh, that was written by Dodie Smith, 101 Dalmatians. Oh, and I, for the record, I love the animated series. I, I, my first dog was a Dalmatian uh, that oh, we bought in wow. Silmar. That was like, these dogs were so inbred. That's but so that was like, nice. that's, I remember my dad saying that and I learned what inbreeding was at six years old. Jesus my dad Christ. Goes, He's like, that oh was man, these things are all inbred. Years for you. And I'm like, what? He's like, they're inbred. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, it means the brothers and the sisters or the mom, they all have to have sex to make the new ones to keep the dogs looking that way. And oh I was like, God, oh my God, let's bring our dog home. And yeah. now I'm a guy who hosts a podcast and talks yeah. about used costumes from roller rinks. Uh, it <laughs> all turned out, out great, in my opinion. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I want to give you a like a kudos. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So this book by Dodie Smith. You know, it's been argued that Smith, who herself had no children and was a successful author, she had to adopt a male pseudonym just to get in the business, which I've never heard of this. What? Someone faking it to get in? I've never heard of this. So she had to use a pseudonym, get in, and then made Cruella essentially a satire of male paranoia, that there could be this independent, wealthy, rebellious woman with no children, and therefore must be pure evil. And that was sort of like the wink of that character. But, you know, the epic bros of 1956 were not as uh, clear on getting that nuance uh, Mm. because once Disney bought the IP and gave it over to a group of guys who like they called like the nine old men, like not even a joke. Like that's what this group was called. 
that turned the the character completely like on its head and made it something completely different and just being like, oh, she's an evil woman and she's wacky and rich. Oh, no kids. You've seen this. Mm. Yeah, just like any I mean, that's like Disney's full of like villains that are like women over 40 <laughs> that like <laughs> right. are not mothers that have just stopped breastfeeding moments before the scene. Like it's so. Right. Yeah. It is uh, like, and the same thing happened in the 96 remake with Glenn Close, right? Isn't that, isn't that the 96? Was that 96? Yeah, that was 96. I rewatched that movie not too long ago. It's bizarre, but Glenn Close is really good. It sounds like it uh, because in this one, it wasn't about being like a wealthy, independent woman who had no children. This version was, oh, successful women are fucking dangerous. Yeah. Because suddenly yeah. Gorilla Deville's like this fashion executive She's and makes like Miranda Priestley. Right. Mm-hmm. And makes like evil, like these speeches that are about, quote, the talent killing dullness of marriage and child rearing. Oh, wow. That's a little on the fucking nose bone. And then even the reviews are like, uh, we're calling the film out as, quote, for its pretty retrogressive tone, where everyone's like, what is, what, what, what happened to this thing? Yeah. And then there's like the other thing, the road rage. You know, I think a lot of people think remember from the the film or the animated version uh, when she's driving around that like dope ass hot rod and shit. And she's got like the demonic face and all this shit going on. So that was the other thing. A, a huge thing that a lot of people are like, this is um, I think this feels like if it's the nine old men, perhaps this has something to do with the anti-suffragette movement where, you know, essentially for women looking for who are trying to have the right to vote. The arguments were like, oh, like after the fact, like, oh, these people, these women want to have the right to vote and all this other shit. They're, the whole idea of women driving cars was like a political symbol. They can't even drive. I yeah. love right. that. It's like, oh, these broads are hysterical. Look at them. Look at them. They get behind the wheel. It's wacky. You see what happens when a woman is mobile? Oh They're my immoral God. and criminal. I remember it's so funny because both the henchmen, goon guys, and her. I recall so deeply feeling so much anxiety when both of them were in the driving scenes because they're like semi flying out of the cars the entire time in the cars, like going like that. In right. all the scenes, it was just chaos. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hugh I mean, Laurie is one of the guys too in the '96 one. He's like one of the what's you call it the the ba- the bad guys. Right. Oh, this is a. All-star cast, got Kirby in the star film, studded, too. baby. What are you going to do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, looking at all this, now I haven't seen it, and I'm I'm definitely down to see it, because I remember even seeing the trailer when it came out. I was like, what? This is... It's kind of like Hot Topic, late aughts, like, yeah, aesthetic. Right? But yeah. I'm, I'm, I was I was down with that then, and I'm down with it now. So Did you have pinstripe pants that you wore? Yeah, it's like, oh, this is a little bit Jack Skellington. It's like, oh, do like dual tone, and then it's like all the merch from this movie is says like one hundred percent devil, like shit, like yeah. that. I kind of miss that era of uh, graphic design. They're trying to bring it back. Hell yeah! So you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, for people who have seen it, you know, let us know your thoughts. We've we've heard mixed things, but I'm curious to see what they how they treat this character uh, and the depiction of Cruella this time around. So. I think it'll be all right. We'll see, though. We'll see. See, these more reasons to go. To the, that's another thing I want to do. Go to a movie soon. Damn. Me too. I haven't gone. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm excited to see Emma Stone. I think she's really talented. And yeah. I recently watched um, Crazy Stupid Love, which happens to be one of the movies, besides Forgetting Sarah Marshall, that I have seen 
the most times because they just used to like play it over and over. Uh, were were you on Jamie when we were talking about that like recently? About no, we we just did a Bechtel cast episode about. Oh, it, did so. you? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. offhandedly, I always just talk about that scene where he's like, "Dude, don't sip from the straw." Like, it looks like you're. What did he say? Like, you're sucking on a tiny pecker or something when he's making it all homophobic <laughs> to use a straw in a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Moment, is it, like, oh, fellas? Shit. Is it gay to use a straw? Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. all right. Well, Blair, thank you so much for joining us and coming through with. Again, your energy, your wonderful sensibility and perspective. Where yeah. can people find you and follow you and support you? My God, Miles. What are you, my best friend? Yeah, I'm your <laughs> most epic least. bro, fool. Thank you. My <laughs> best looking bro, dog. Okay, well, you can support me if um, you also want to be my friend on my social media, which, as I have told you, I am a huge fan of. And it's at Blair Saki, B-L-A-I-R-S-O-C-C-I. Mm-hmm. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. And then the other thing that I want to tell you guys about, my Zyke gang that I love, I will be hosting another virtual breathwork event on um june 22nd and i've done two of them before and they've been really cool so if you want to have a bodacious time and lose your mind get your tickets in my linkedin bio there it is there it is oh yeah and is there anything from your social media that you would like to shout out as something that gave you a pleasant reaction that you would like to share with the listeners oh sure yeah you know i brought a tweet for you (laughs) This was from uh, my my friend Amy Miller, hilarious comedian and, you know, simple, but uh, made me laugh. She so she wrote, a lady at Target just looked at me, pointed to her full cart and went, I don't need any of this shit. Some days you meet an icon. <laughs> I Yo, no joke. I called that tweet out yesterday because I love oh, this. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> oh, my God. We love Amy. That shit just makes me laugh so hard because uh, I just love. Just, just that person too. Who's oh, just yeah, like we all recognize ourselves. Yeah, I don't need any of this shit. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know why you're telling me that, but fuck yeah, all right, cool. Like, I appreciate the honesty. Um, okay, Jamie, how about you? Thank you so much for you know being around and co-hosting and helping write this ship. Hey, listen, I'm glad I'm gonna let Jack out of my freezer in a minute. <laughs> It was really, really nice uh, to trap him in my freezer for the last couple of hours. I hope he mm-hmm. had a good break. Yeah, you can. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all the regular places on Instagram and Twitter being very unhealthy, probably. Uh, you can listen to the Bechdel cast every week. I have a new podcast about Kathy comics coming out at the end of June. That is, I don't know. I've, uh, yeah, I'm finishing it, and it's been harder to do than I thought. There's a lot going on with the Kathy comics. It's gonna be a can't miss series, like everything you do, and we, we prop we prop our lonely butts up by having you on. Like, damn, there- <laughs> Jamie coming through, and Blair, so we can just cover for my mediocrity, please. I'm so. I'm so okay. This was such a good crew today. I'm so happy that we all got to like hang out and talk. Yeah, I know. It's it was so great to see you guys. You know, I I love you both so much and admire you and your work and uh, what you bring to the world and your spirits. Oh, you Blair. know what? We might have to all link up for a movie soon. Hell yeah! We should, we, let's all you go know? see Cruella. Yeah. Oh man, that would be dope. Actually, really look, yeah, we'll put a pin in that because yeah, you know the see. thing is, you want to go like I I when I go, I want it to be with you know like. 
people who are sort of in a similar, like, yeah, we're doing this for the first time too. So yeah. go to City Walk, get a hot dog, see <gasps> a movie. Take me straight to my Such fucking North Hollywood vibe. heart. You oh, know, you know God. we're going to fucking City Walk. You Let's know go we're to going city to City Walk. Oh, delicious. <gasps> get a voodoo really... donut, a little stale. Well, <laughs> my body responded to the idea of going to City Walk with friends. I was like, oh, I know what's God. wild. You know, we'll tell it. Look, LA's I gang, you know, maybe there'll be an epic thing to like uh, a crowd of 20 people is at City Walk. <laughs> but hey, it's a movement. And also, Jamie, is there a tweet that you like something you can call out for us? I was going to shout out a uh, Muna Meyer tweet. She's at Muna, M-U-N-A underscore Meyer. Uh, tweet is, you're going to love the Friends reunion if you enjoy watching people in their 50s struggle to remember stuff that happened in their 20s for two hours straight. Which was, I had I had the Friends reunion on in the background yesterday, and that was kind of the gist of it. It was really? just like a bunch of, yeah, it was just the Friends being like, hey, do you remember this? And then the other person is like, no, but I believe you. <laughs> and it was just kind of the whole thing. What the fuck? Oh, well, hey, I'm I, I'm sure like if you're a hardcore fan, like things I'm really into, like merely just seeing the people together say words. I'm like, oh, I like. Yeah. Reunion special vibes are are fun. But when it's been it depends, when yeah. it's been like 20 years, they're like, I don't really remember that. But it's nice to see you. Uh, some tweets that I'm liking. It's, it's really just one. And I just thought it was really fun, funny. But it's really it's it's a very. Again, this joke is literally a Venn diagram, and it's only going to make sense to this Venn diagram of people, which is you've seen The Sopranos and you know, and you've listened to the Olivia Rodrigo album. Um, <laughs> but it's a Venn diagram with Livia Soprano on one side and Olivia Rodrigo on the other. And Livia Soprano is Tony's mother, who is a very miserable character. And in the, the overlap of the Venn diagram says, Well, good for you. You look happy and healthy. Not me, if you ever cared to ask. Good for you. You're doing great out there without me like a damn sociopath. <laughs> just, and it's just this image of Livia in her bed, and you can just see it. Oh, anyway, wonderful, wonderful content. Uh, you can find me at Miles Gray on Twitter and Instagram. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Uh, and you can find that on twitch.tv slash 420dayfiance and uh, yeah Daily Zeitgeist find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram at The Daily Zeitgeist we got websites you know fan pages all that check us out dailyzeitgeist.com we'll post the episodes and the footnotes footnotes thank you so much Um, and that is where we will also link off to the song that we will ride out on and I believe um, let me just get it here sorry one second it should just be a driver's license for like three weeks in a row. <laughs> just on a loop. Until you, you guys get it. Moment. Until y'all yeah. get it. We're going to listen <laughs> to it. Deja vu until you listen to it. <laughs> this is actually a, a great album from, it's a wonderful combination of musicians here. Now, if, if you're not into, you know, the, the 60s, 70s jazz thing, you might not know about Lonnie Smith, George Benson, Ron Carter, Joe Lovano, but this is an album called Aphrodisia. And this track is called Apex. Um, and it's just, you know, great, easy listening just to play, break it up a little bit. I've been playing a lot of remixes, so I want to play something old and like with human beings blowing wind through instruments uh, and playing instruments as well. So we'll go out on that. Come back in a little bit for trends uh, and then we'll see you later. Have a great day. Peace and blessings. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. 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 Bye.